Well, we started a series last week, Say What? And uh, that series is uh, really focused on uh, ways that we can look at different scriptures and, and how using those scriptures, sometimes we use them out of context. Uh, sometimes that we think we know what it says, but, but when we really look at it and, and uh, dismantle it and understand it and uh, really understand what's going on with that, we, we come to a, a new sense of knowledge, a new sense of a pretense, so to speak, of knowing what God is saying. So, so our goal this la- these couple of weeks has really been to uh, try to wrestle with some of these texts. Last week we wrestled with one, which was pray for whatever you want, and I'm going to give it to you, and we learned that that's not really what that meant. Um, and today we're going to look at um, a scripture that, that so often is used by non, non-Christians um, as well as Christians. And sometimes where I see it being used by Christians is we use it kind of as a, a way of casting a pall on, on somebody that's doing something we think is wrong. And when I see a non-believer use it, it's, it comes across as, as that we're being too much in their face and in their business. So sometimes when this scripture is used and when one is using it or being uh, one who is receiving it, so to speak, um, depends upon who you are on that side is how you engage that. But in both of those instances, it's clear to me that this is one of those scriptures that we need to learn more about. So, so here's where we are. We're in Matthew chapter 7. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, do not judge others so that God will not judge you. And usually when we hear that, uh, it comes in a context of, uh, hey, bro, you can't judge me. Uh, you're a Christian. Christians aren't supposed to judge. That's what Jesus said. Or, or it comes across as being one of those things of, hey, uh, you, you take care of your life and let me do mine. You know, we don't have any responsibility for each other. Now, I think that we're kind of walking a dangerous, slippery slope when we, when we go that way because I do believe that the Scripture says that we are, that we are accountable for one another. And, and society of late seems to be moving in a direction where it's kind of where you do your business, I'll do mine, and, and somewhere along the line, if we happen to cross each other's paths, everything's fine, but we're just going to leave each other alone. And where that comes from is what we see here is Jesus says, God will judge you in the same way as you judge others, and he will apply to you the same rules that you apply to others. So when we think about these words, do not judge so that God does not judge you, and that God will judge you the same way that you judge others, this is that text that um, is difficult at times for us to understand. So, so I'm going to argue that uh, there's something behind the words of Jesus uh, in this text, and the words behind that may not be our understanding of where we come out with that scripture. I'm also going to make some points this morning where I truly believe that you and I are to watch out for for each other, that we're not supposed to be islands, but that we are connected. We are a body. We are to care for one another, and we are to go about that in a way uh, that is healthy, but not one to where we are seen as being judgmental upon someone else. Um, so let me say uh, this. Has, has anybody in the room ever been judged wrongly? Anybody at all? Okay, yeah, I, I've been judged wrongly. I was, um, I was having breakfast a couple of months ago, and I was uh, sitting at a table, and there were two gentlemen uh, who were at another table, and they were talking loud enough for me to hear at my table. And it's really interesting. I, did, I looked at them, and I did not recognize them. I don't know them. It was obvious they didn't know me, but they knew of me because one of the guys in the conversation was, yeah, that pastor from St. Paul in Largo, he wears blue jeans on Sunday. Can you believe that? And the other guy was like, oh, yeah, and I hear he tells some really bad stories too. And, and they were just kind of going, going after that. And and I finished my breakfast and I walked up to them and I said, hey guys, I just wanted to to say hello. My name's Pastor Bob. I'm the guy from St. Paul that you're talking about. And I said, I'd really like to have some time for us to to get to know each other today. But the dry cleaner called and said, my jeans are ready, so I got to go. You know, (laughs) 
So they just kind of looked at me and they're like, oh, oh well, hi, pastor. It, it's nice to meet you. And, and so see, you know, sometimes uh, we become a part of that judgment or we're casting judgment on people in, in situations and instances that we may or may not know. But Jesus said, do not judge or God will judge you uh, the same way. Uh, so let me ask you this morning, what, what did Jesus mean by that? Did he mean that we're never supposed to speak out or speak against or to speak up on something that we don't believe in or that we feel is wrong. And, and so that's kind of where we are. Are we supposed to judge? Now, my wife, Patty, uh, she's a school teacher. She uh, teaches middle school. Everybody go, ooh, middle school, ooh. Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough grade to teach. And, and, but for all teachers, we have a lot of teachers in the room here and uh, some that are retired as well. But, but if we're not supposed to judge, then does a teacher have the right to read someone's paper and score it as an A or a C? I mean, if we're not supposed to judge, are we allowed to do that? Think about our court system. If, if, if what Jesus said, do not judge, if that's how we're supposed to live, our whole court system's built upon that. And what that means is that when you and I are called to jury duty, one of those things that we all love to be called for, uh, so when we're called for jury duty, does that mean that we're not allowed to sit on a jury and listen to testimony for and against a particular situation and cast a verdict or judgment on the innocence or guilt of someone else? Uh, so so we, we see there's a couple of dynamics of things that, that go on here. You know, what if, uh, what if you work with somebody and uh, they're just kind of a casual coworker, but you know that he's married and you've noticed of late that he's starting to be a little bit more sexually flirtatious uh, with coworkers. Now, you don't know that person but very well, but are you supposed to go to them and say something about that? What if that person's in your small group? And somebody that's a part of your accountability group, if you see them going down a path that's not healthy, are you supposed to say something? I mean, are we supposed to judge or are we supposed to let things go? That's the wrestling match of where this scripture is of what Jesus says. Jesus says, do not judge or God will judge you. But we make this kind of complicated. What exactly does it mean? What, how are we supposed to apply that? Now, last week I gave a couple of foundational pieces. Who was here last week? Raise your hand. Okay, about six of you. That's good. Um, so, so what we learned last week is when we, when we look at Scripture, how we're supposed to read and interpret Scripture. We are supposed to interpret Scripture. Uh, God has given us the mind of Christ through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. We are to interpret that. But we have to be very careful, but that we are interpreting it the right way. Okay, follow me here. I said the first way we interpret Scripture is by what? Context. We have to know who's writing it. Why are they writing it? What's the situation that they're dealing with? What's the message God wants us to know? What's happening before the piece that we're looking at? What's happening after that? And I warned you and I said we can never ever select one piece of scripture and make that be our mantra and build our whole theology on one piece of scripture. I said that we have to really take into account the whole story of what's happening. I also said in addition to context when we interpret scripture, we need to look at it by Bible verse and we need to look at other places in the Bible where we see that theme or that particular struggle or that problem that's happening. So we use the Bible with the Bible when we're actually looking at these things. And we look all throughout the scripture and see, well, here's that theme and here's it. How does it come into play and what does it mean? So we look at the context and we look at it Bible with Bible or verse with verse. I also said the third thing is that we need to read it and not just be hearers of the word, but the scripture says we're to be what with the word? Doers. Doers of the word. So we not need to just hear it and say, okay, that's a great story. The Bible is just a book to be learned. We need to look at it as a letter to be loved. 
And we need to see it in a sense that, that not only do we hear what the Word of God says, but that we are applying it in our lives. So we have context, we have Bible verses, and we have a way of putting context in our life, and that's the things that we see. So, so when we come here to Matthew chapter 7, and we're looking at this text that says, do not judge others so that God will not judge you, it begs the question, what is exactly what Jesus means? Now, contextually, what comes before Matthew chapter 7? Last, year, last week was a trick question, guys, it's Matthew 6, okay? Matthew 6 comes before Matthew 7. If you read Matthew chapter 6, what do you see? You see Jesus having an argument and hammering down really hard on the Pharisees. Who were the Pharisees? The Pharisees were the religious ordered people, the ones who thought that they were more holy, greater than, uh, closer to God and all that. They were the keepers of the laws. They, they, they basically judged everybody else and didn't judge themselves, thought that they were perfect, thought everybody else was horrible. But Jesus is hammering them in chapter 6. And what he's doing is he's calling out a sin. And that sin is called hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is whenever you call down somebody else for doing something and then you yourself are doing it and paying no attention to that. That's called hypocrisy. And that's one of the greatest challenges between non-believers and believers today is non-believers continue to hear from believers what they're doing wrong and how and why and all of that and yet they see us doing the same thing and they're like, what are you talking about? I see you doing the same thing. So Jesus is coming down hard on the Pharisees and he's dealing with hypocrisy. So when we get to chapter 7, and the words say, do not judge, or God will judge you by the same standard, and then he goes on to say, be wary of false prophets, for you're going to have to judge them for being a false prophet, we start to hear some what we think might be some contradiction. But he's being very consistent with what he's saying. He's saying we can judge in some circumstances, but we can't be hypocrites when we're judging. We can't judge others out of hypocrisy. So that is what he's railing against here when we come to that particular point. So Jesus isn't saying that we shouldn't live without discernment. He's not telling us that we don't have the right to speak into the life of other believers. But what he's telling us is that we need to be very careful that when we do that, we need to make sure that we're not judging hypocritically. Here's what uh, he says in full. Do not judge others, so God will not judge you, for God will judge you in the same way as you judge others. And he will apply to you the same rules that you apply to others. Now think about that. Usually when I'm judging you or you're judging me, it's because you or I fail to uphold some sense of rules that the other one thinks the other one should be abiding in. So he says, be careful, don't do that. Then he gets into some really, really controversial stuff here. Why then do you look at the speck in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the log in your own eye? One pastor said he loves a translation that says, the telephone pole in your eye. Why do you look at the speck in someone else's eye and forget the log that's in, in your own eye? How dare you say to your brother, please let me take that speck out of your eye when you have a log in yours? He says, you hypocrite. And that's the theme coming into chapter 7 from chapter 6 on hypocrisy. He says, first take the log out of your own eye and then you'll be able to see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Now here's how that works. If I see something in your life, I need to be careful that I'm not just pointing out the speck that's wrong with you. 
knowing that I have all this wrong with me. It means I shouldn't go hunting issues in your life when I have issues in my life that are much greater than that. That's where he's at with this. And he's saying we need to be very careful with these things as we, as we do that. So, so what is clear then about how we are to judge, or is judging even something Jesus uh, intends for that? I was thinking the other day about you know, um, how, we, how we judge people, and here's the first piece. We judge them superficially. I think all of us, and I'm going to just say that, and I'm sorry if that sounds judgmental, I think it's factual, but I think all of us at some point in time in our life have judged others or someone else superficially. And here's what I mean by that. You know, Jesus said, stop judging by external standards and judge by true standards. Did you catch that? Stop judging people by the clothes they wear. Stop judging them by the cars that they drive. Stop judging them about what they look like or who they're married to or whatever the case may be. Stop judging, stop judging those things. Stop judging people based upon those kinds of things. Jesus said that there are times that we are to judge, but we are not to judge people superficially. Let me give you a quick example. Um, in a couple of churches ago, uh, Patty, my wife, was leading a children's message, and that day just happened to be on this text. And she was trying to lead the kids into understanding about we are to love all people, regardless of what they look like, um, whether their hair is combed, or whether they uh, you know, dress nicely or, or not, or whether they've had a chance to have a bath or not, or whatever the case may be, we're supposed to love them. So she started in the back of the church, like back at the back door, and she came in that day with her blue jeans that were torn up. Now, some people I've learned recently, I've seen them in the store, some people pay a lot of money for those kind of jeans, right? So I, I think we ought to put those on eBay, you know, maybe get, okay. But so she had these torn blue jeans, they're all torn up. She took a shirt, she rubbed dirt on I think it was like one of my old white t-shirts. She put a lot of dirt on it. She messed her hair up and she just kind of looked really disheveled, took her shoes off, uh, dirtied up her feet and she was standing at the back of the church door. And when it came time for the children's message, she came walking up the center aisle. And lo and behold, you would be caught interesting to see and to hear the kind of comments that were being made. People that recognized her for who she was, how dare the pastor's wife look like that, uh, to you know, who is that, and, and all those things. And when she was finished with a children's message as she was walking back, the lead usher who'd been with the church for many, many years looked at her and said, oh my gosh, I'm so glad it was you. I almost called the cops and told them we had a homeless guy trying to take over our church. You see, we judge people superficially. And, and we have to be really careful for that. Here's the flip side to that. You know, sometimes we have a tendency to judge people that have money. We look at them and say, oh, if they've got money, they're rich, and they just spend it on themselves, and they're, you know, self, you know, blah, 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 and so on and so forth. We have to be really careful about judging people that way as well. Why? Because just because somebody has money or means doesn't mean that they're sinful. It doesn't mean that they're a bad person. You don't know um, how they use the wealth that God has given them to, to bless the kingdom's purpose. You don't know how many people that they're helping. So we have to be really careful on that side as well and, and be conscientious of, of what's happening in that particular instance. So, so here, um, you know, at St. Paul, uh, we're trying to make sure that we don't judge people superficially. Uh, here's one that happens sometimes in schools. Maybe a new kid comes to school. And uh, let's say that, um, you know, she's the new kid and she's walking through the classes and through the hallways and uh, everybody's kind of the buzz is about the new kid that's in school. Well, she doesn't look at anybody. She doesn't talk to anybody. Uh, look at those clothes that she wears. Well, she's so stuck up. Look at her. She just thinks nothing but herself. But you know what? Before you judge, 
Maybe the reason why she moved here to this area is so her mom could go to Moffitt Cancer Center to try to cure an incurable cancer in her life. And maybe her life is so overwhelmed at the moment that she can't bear to look at anybody for fear that she's going to cry. So do you see what, what Jesus means by we can't judge each other superficially and we can't judge by appearances? So he says stop doing that and that's the piece we need to really look at. Now Paul, the, the apostle who um, is responsible for two-thirds of the New Testament, uh, Paul planted uh, the, the early churches of Christianity, had this uh, experience on the road to Damascus. Paul says this, Paul says that we shouldn't judge each other uh, hypocritically. Don't judge one another hypocritically. He writes to the church in Rome. He says, do you, my friend, pass judgment on others? You have no excuse at all, whoever you are. For when you judge others and then do the same things that they do, you condemn yourself. In verse 4, he goes on to ask this. He says, why are you picking the other guy apart? Um, hasn't God shown you kindness? Hasn't God, sh God shown you tolerance? Hasn't God shown you mercy and forgiveness and patience? God is trying to change you. Start with that is where he's at. <clears throat> so we're not supposed to judge people hypocritically. Now, hypocritically comes in this way. We like to accuse others and excuse ourselves. I want to accuse you of what I think you're doing wrong, but even though I'm doing it or I've done it, I'm going to excuse that for some other reason. Are you following me? So we like to accuse people and judge them on things, but excuse ourselves. I had a situation not long ago where I was talking to, to a friend who basically was coming down pretty hard on someone else. And I said, well, but wait a minute, let's talk about that. Didn't you have, do the same thing uh, in your life as well recently? Oh, well, that's different. You know, I was going through that, that problem at home and, and the boss was mad at me and all that. So, so when I did it, oh, it was just, it was just once, Bob. Uh, just, it was just once. Don't worry about that. So we accuse others and we excuse ourselves. And we have to be careful when we get into this level of judgment uh, because we see that we are not to judge one another. Now, here's a twist on that. Instead of judging someone else hypocritically or superficially, Maybe the first thing we should do is before we cast judgment is judge ourselves. Is my heart pure? Is my life in order? Am I moving upon the ordinances of God? Am I loving God and loving people? Where am I in this? So we see the challenge that comes from this. So when we find ourselves bringing down the judgment hammer on someone else, it often means, though, that we're overacting on a symptom that we're trying to hide in our own life. Did you hear that? When we come down really hard on judgment on someone else, oftentimes it's because something's happening in us and we're trying to overlook that and we're trying to push it on someone else. Let me give you an example. Um, a couple of churches ago, I, had a, uh, I was in the office and the phone rang and it was one of our parishioners and she was livid about her husband. You know, she was just absolutely livid. Uh, he was uh, overly nice to some of the women in church, and um, uh, she didn't like that. He, he didn't do anything inappropriate, but I guess in her mind, uh, she thought just saying hi to other, pe other women wasn't something that was right. And she was just railing at him on the phone to me. And I was trying to understand what's behind all this anger. Well, a couple of days after that, her husband called me. He was in tears, and he was brokenhearted. And he said, I just found out that my wife's been having an affair for seven months. And so we find this out, and, and why was she overreacting with him? Because she was trying to deal with a sin in her own life. And that's what happens sometimes, is we overreact and we explode in those situations, and we have to look at ourselves first 
And we have to ask ourselves, where are we in the midst of that? So, so we're not to judge superficially. We're not supposed to judge hypocritically. But also, this one is um, this one's going to be something we need to talk a little bit more about because I think what the Scripture is teaching us also is that we, we can't hold non-believers to the believing body's standards. We can't hold people who don't believe in God to the values of God. Why? Because they have no idea what the values of God are. And so often we're casting judgment on people outside of the church, outside of the body, and, and they have no clue what it is that we're railing them about because they don't know. They don't know what maybe the value is that we're, we're coming down on them with or whatever. So what we find here is Paul writes to the church in Corinth, he says, what business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? Did you catch that? We're supposed to help each other inside the church before we're judging people on the outside. God is the judge of all things. We need to first get that straight. And God judges the non-believers, and we are to work together as believers and help each other to sharpen each other. That when we make an error, when we fall, when something happens that isn't what the body teaches or, or is a right of who we are as Christians, we are to come together and work with each other through that. So, so let me give you this example. When my kids were, when our kids were little, we had some family rules. And we said, here are the family rules. There are certain words you're not allowed to say. There are certain television shows you're not allowed to watch. You're supposed to respect your adults and your elders, people that are older than you. Um, you are supposed to tell the truth in, in all instances, regardless of what you think uh, is going to happen, because the truth is always the right thing to do. So we instilled those values. Those were our family values that we instilled in our children. And when our children went to your house or their, or their friend's house, they didn't adopt your rules. They kept their rules. When they were at friends whose children said the wrong words and watched the wrong programs, uh, my children knew that that wasn't part of the family rules, and they tried their best to or, and pulled themselves away from that. So that's the kind of thing we need to say is, before we start getting angry and judging non-believers, we have to take a look at it and say, if they don't know what the family rules are, how can we hold them accountable for that? And that's the rub that comes between non-believers and believers, because when we start holding them to a standard that they don't yet know, or that they don't yet understand, or hasn't been shared with them, and then they see us breaking the rule, then they don't know what forgiveness means. They don't know what restoration means. All they see is that we're doing the same thing that they're doing, because they don't understand the family rules. Are you following me this morning? So this is significant with, with where we see with what, with what Jesus is saying here. And that's why here at St. Paul, um, it's important that we all hear these words. Um, if you don't know who God is yet, if you're still trying to figure it out, if you're not aware of where you are spiritually and all that, you're welcome here. You know, we don't want you to feel that you can't come. You are welcome here. You are a part of this body. And we want you to be a part of that learning process. You don't have to uh, believe to belong. You don't have to behave yet to belong. Jesus said we all belong, and that's part of the discovery process. And our role as the body of the church is to reach out to those who don't yet know Christ and share with them the love about God, the forgiveness about God, why God has changed our life, what having Christ in our life means, and why that means we live a different role. And by that discovery and sharing that and introducing nonbelievers to the head of the family— we begin to see then that they themselves can explore what it means to have a life of faith. 
So whether, so whether you are, uh, find yourself making bad choices in life, whether you find yourself you know, covering things up or whatever the case may be, I want you to know that, that you are a part of what this body is. That I'm a sinner, you're a sinner, we're all sinners. And that as you become a part of the family, as you become a part of Christianity, then we begin to understand what the love of God is even more and how we can begin to share that love with one another. But the moment someone's a non-believer and we don't talk to them, the moment someone's a non-believer and we don't demonstrate the love of God, then we're not being the family of God. We can't keep judging unless they know who it is that loves them so that they can see a different perspective. I hope this is making some sense. Y'all are real quiet this morning. I, I hope that this is making some kind of sense for you of the importance of, of where we need to be. And why is this really important? Jesus said, don't judge. It never meant that we weren't supposed to um, correct each other. It didn't mean that we weren't ever supposed to help each other. It means all those things. But what he did say uh, in a very important part was always help restore fallen believers. Always help restore fallen believers. The reason why this is so important is that there will be a day, any day, where I will make a mistake and I'll fall. I do that daily. There will be a day that you make a mistake and you fall. You probably do that daily. And we have to love each other enough not to rub it in, but to rub it out, to come to one another and say, I know who you are and I know that you're a part of the, of the body of Christ and I know you know who Jesus Christ is. This is something I need to help you with. And we don't judge each other out of pointing out the faults so that we can feel better about ourselves. We do it so that we can restore one another, which is what the scripture places the mandate on. Paul writes this, he says, brothers and sisters in Galatians 6, who's he writing to? Who's he addressing? He's addressing people in the church, not outside the church, but in the church. He says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him painfully, embarrassingly, what word does he use? Gently. We are to restore each other gently. We're not supposed to like kick people out because they make mistakes but we're to do it gently and we're to love them and we're to say, look, here is something you need to see. This is something you need to be aware of so that you can make amends with that and you can be restored. You see, it's with the same kind of love that God has given us. It's with the same kind of forgiveness that God has forgiven us. It's with the same kind of mercy that God has shown upon us. It's the same kind of love that we need to be given to other people in those instances. And when we do that, we'll see a change in who and what the kingdom's purpose is. Paul then writes, watch yourself or you also may be tempted. So we're to gently restore one another. We're to gently point out what needs to happen to those that are believers. We need to help them to see. We need to reach out to non-believers and begin to help them to know about the love of God so that they can understand what the family rules are all about. We need not to judge each other superficially or hypocritically, but here we see that as we gently restore one another, when we fall, we see the kingdom's purpose prevail. And this is so important. Watch yourself, though, he says. Why we point out a fault to a fellow believer is not so that we can feel better about our life. We have to be careful and not be prideful. Pride comes before what? The fall. 
So when we're prideful, we need to cast that aside and we need to do it out of love. Paul says, carry each other's burdens and in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. Translation, we don't shoot our wounded, we don't kick people out of the family because we always work to restore fallen believers because that's the same grace that God extends to all of us. When Jesus came, he said he came full of grace and full of what? Truth. The grace is the love, the demonstration of the relationship, but truth is also part of that relationship. Truth is the knowledge that we need a savior. So he comes full of grace, demonstrates his love, but reminds us of the truth, that there are truths in life, that we can't just do whatever we want, but that he forgives us and he restores us and he makes us whole again. That's how, folks, we're to live into Matthew 7. Judge not or don't judge others or God will judge you. That's what Jesus meant. Don't be a hypocrite, but do it in a godly way.